The information provided herein is for training and educational purposes only and is not for solicitation. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, President of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you as prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. Welcome to this episode of The Capitalized Life and Retirement. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Hope you're having a wonderful day today. We're going to be discussing one of the most important topics of your retired life, and that is the required minimum distribution, sometimes known as the RMD. And this is such an important topic for so many individuals because once we hit the age of 70 and a half, there's not a single one of us that gets to skirt around the required minimum distribution. Every single one of us is on the hook if we have tax qualified money. So what is the RMD? Why does it even exist? Well, you see, the IRS believes that they've done us this wonderful service. They've allowed us to be able to set money aside for retirement. And we've been able to grow and compound this money over the years while we were working. And we never paid any taxes on that money. Now, you remember what Benjamin Franklin said. He said that there's one thing in life that is certain, right? It is death and taxes. And I suppose those are two things. But the required minimum distribution is something that if you do not understand it, you are facing some serious penalties. And as with most things in life, there is a right way and a wrong way to take it. So all these years, you've been setting money aside. You've been putting money into a 403B or a 401K or just even your own individual traditional IRA. And when you get to the age of 70 and a half, the IRS says that now you need to start taking bits of that money back out of those accounts. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that Required minimum distributions, if they are not taken in the right way, at the right time, or in the right amount, you could be facing up to a 50% penalty, 5-0. And so these are certainly things that we're not going to mess around with. We're going to take the required minimum distribution because no one in their right mind wants to pay that kind of a penalty to the IRS. But they exist because the IRS wants taxes. They want revenue. And so when you turn 70 and a half, you need to understand that it's not as though that very day you're going to be taking out a distribution from your retirement program. But there is a recommendation of taking the RMD by the end of the year in which you turn 70 and a half. So in this case, the very first RMD is an important one, but the IRS does give us a little bit of leeway because they will allow you to defer taking that first RMD until April 1st of the following year in which you've turned 70 and a half. So let's just say that you turned 70 January 1st, and come July, you're now 70 and a half, right? You don't have to take your RMD that particular day. You can wait until December 31st. Um, 
of that particular year, or you can just defer taking your first RMD until April 1st of the following year. But as with all things, there's a little bit of a gotcha there. And the gotcha is this. The IRS requires us to take a distribution from our retirement savings accounts every single year. So what does this mean if you were to defer taking your first RMD? Well, if you deferred taking the first RMD until April 1st of the following year, now you're going to be on the hook to take not only one distribution, that very first one, but now you're going to be required to take a distribution for that following year as well. So essentially, you will end up taking two distributions in the very same year. Now, why is that important to think through? It's important because you see, these are all pre-tax dollars. And as we've said, the IRS has allowed us to set all these dollars aside. We've had our wages withheld and distributed or deposited into our 401ks. And now we're going to be in a position where if we did defer it, we're going to be taking these two distributions in the same year. Well, all these dollars are pre-tax. And so that means that our taxes are now going to be affected. Now, that's an important component in and of itself that we want to discuss. So if you're thinking, yeah, that makes sense, or you have questions about our discussion today, I'd like you to reach out to me at 866-290-3837. My team will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value, and we'll email them to you or we'll throw them in the mail to you if you prefer. If you have questions, we will answer them. So take the first step, reach out at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. So you remember back in 2017, in December of 2017, when the IRS decided that they were going to, along with Congress, amend the tax brackets. And so now our tax brackets are a little bit nicer to us than they were in the past. Instead of having a 15% tax bracket, now we have a 12% tax bracket. Instead of having, say, a 25% tax bracket, now we have a 22% tax bracket. But we need to be thoughtful of what that RMD is going to do for us. Because if we take a distribution and we happen to be in the top part of, say, the 12% tax bracket, and we have to take out, say, $5,000 or $10,000 of a required minimum distribution, now what's that going to do? it's potentially going to force us up into the next higher tax bracket. And that means we're going to have to pay more taxes. So you see, we need to understand where we are in the marginal tax bracket. We need to understand how much money we're going to be taking from our RMD or from our tax qualified accounts as an RMD. And we're going to need to understand if it's going to force us to pay more in taxes and potentially jump tax brackets. So let's just look at the numbers. Let's say, for instance, that you're a single individual. Well, the top part of the 12% tax bracket is sitting at about $39,000. Well, if you have to take in, say, $5,000 of RMD, now what happens? You know that you're going into the next higher tax bracket. You're going from the 12% bracket to the 22 And that's a pretty significant jump. In fact, it is the largest jump in all of the IRS marginal tax brackets. So this is something that we want to be very careful of. 
Now, what is the starting amount? Well, the amount is actually based upon a percentage. So the IRS is going to force you to take roughly about 3.6% of your account in the very first year in which you turn 70 and a half. And then catch this. Every single year as you get older, the amount of RMD that you're going to have to take is going to increase. Isn't that convenient? They force you to take more and more of your retirement account so that you can pay them more and more in taxes, right? So we have to be very careful. And we have to be careful because if we are not properly allocated for required minimum distributions, this could be a very financially devastating and eroding thing. So we're going to break this down just a little bit. Let's just say for a moment that you were a really ultra-conservative person. And so the RMD is needing to be taken out, but you have all of your money sitting in, say, a stable value fund or potentially a IRA CD. And we all know that interest rates in CDs are very, very low right now. They're paying us next to nothing. But remember, that very first RMD is 3.6%, right? So let's just say that you've got your money in a CD. It's earning two. Well, when the RMD comes out, you understand one thing. You understand that you're going to now be spending your principal. In other words, the interest that you were making on the CD was not sufficient enough to actually cover the required minimum distribution. And so what you were doing was you were biting into your principal. You were cannibalizing your own principal. So it's very, very important, even if you are a very conservative investor, that you pay attention to asset allocation. Now, conversely, let's think about the opposite end of the scale. Let's just say that you had retired and you still had your 401k. And the reason that 401ks exist is because they're designed to help accumulate and grow. But 401ks are fairly limited in what your investment choices are. They may have Lots of different names and things that you can go into. But at the end of the day, most everything that exists within a 401k is designed for growth. And therefore, it's going to be stock market based. It's going to be a stock mutual fund or potentially an index fund. Now, if you don't catch anything else today, I would really encourage you to consider this. Consider how you get money from a 401k. Now, The IRS says you have to take this required minimum distribution, right? So how do you take it from a 401k? Well, essentially, you have to go to the 401k and you have to liquidate and sell shares. Now, why is that so important? It's important because it's what we would refer to as reverse dollar cost averaging. You see, as you were working and as you were compounding and accumulating your money, you were setting it aside and saving it. As the market fluctuated up and down and the share prices rose and then they fell, when you were contributing to your 401k, you were actually buying shares at different times throughout the year. Sometimes you were buying more shares when the price was low. Sometimes you were buying fewer shares when the price was up. But now that you're on the distribution phase of your life, and you're required to take money from the 401k to satisfy the IRS, now you're in a position where you don't have that flexibility. You're basically in a position where you have to sell shares in order to get money. 
And the question becomes, how many shares are you going to have to sell? Well, it's dollar cost averaging, but it's in reverse. You see, if the share prices are high, that's not a big deal. You sell a few shares, you get your money, you satisfy the RMD and the IRS. The problem becomes when the market starts to become volatile and those share prices start to fall. Because now what you're doing is you're starting to cannibalize your own principal. Again, you're taking and selling more and more shares as the price of those shares fall. The problem with that is that with life expectancies today, we're living longer than ever before. In fact, the House of Representatives just passed some legislation. The Senate hasn't approved it just yet. But even they are recognizing that life expectancy is going further and further. And if you reverse dollar cost average, now you run the risk of cannibalizing your money and running out of money before you run out of life. Will you stick with us? We're going to come up on a break. But if you have questions about today's discussion, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. My staff will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value to you. And we'll email them to you or we'll mail them if you prefer. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. You hang around. We're going to be discussing the real consequences of reverse dollar cost averaging and whether or not your asset allocation is properly set for RMDs. Thanks for listening to our show today. In retirement, you only get one chance to get it right. And we know that proper information leads to informed decisions. And that's why we hold free informational workshops in our area every month. Topics like Social Security, RMDs, the latest retirement tax strategies, IRAs, estate planning, and so much more. For dates and times of the next free workshop in your area, just pick up the phone. Give us a call today. Call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Or visit johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. Do you understand the difference between investing for growth and investing for income? That's okay. Most folks don't. Investing for growth is your typical Wall Street portfolio full of stocks and mutual funds. The problem is, in order to physically obtain any real money that you can use for your day-to-day expenses, you have to sell them, which means you don't own them anymore. So now you have either far less to generate that growth, or worse yet, you don't have anything left to create more growth for next month's expenses. On the other side of the coin, when you invest for income, your hard-earned retirement dollars are invested in products that may provide steady, predictable cash put directly into your bank account month after month to help provide for your retirement. 
For your free, no obligation, growth versus income information kit, call 866-290-3837 to learn how to transform from your high-risk, big-fee Wall Street growth portfolio into a steady, predictable, income-generating retirement plan. Call 866-290-3837. That's 866 866- Two nine zero three eight three seven, or visit johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. And welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. So before our break, we were discussing reverse dollar cost averaging. We were discussing the required minimum distribution. And if you're just joining us, the reason that RMDs are so important is that as a retired person, none of us get to skate by the required minimum distribution. Every single one of us is subject to the RMD. And the RMD is basically designed to create revenue for the IRS by forcing us to take small bits of money from our retirement programs. And whether that's a 401k, a 403b, a traditional IRA, every single one of us is going to be subject to having to take these RMDs. And remember, if we don't take it the right way, we're looking at a 50% penalty. So we're going to do it. But we left off talking about asset allocations and reverse dollar cost averaging. Basically, we have to be careful if our money is in very low interest bearing type investments. Chances are the IRS, when they start us out at 3.6%, and then they increase the percentage that we have to take from year to year, it's going to potentially force us to cannibalize from day one our retirement accounts because we don't have interest that is greater than what our RMD is. And so as a result of that, we're going to be cannibalizing our principal and we're going to be running out of money potentially before we run out of life. Now. That's a very important component to consider because today in my appointments, when I'm meeting with individuals, the number one fear is no longer that of dying. What do you think it is? It's running out of money before you run out of life. So we started talking about, well, what happens if you're not in a low interest bearing type account? What happens if you still have money in a 401k? You've retired, but you've just left it there. It's just still sitting there. Well, now we have to be careful of something completely different. We have to be careful of potentially cannibalizing our account because in order to get money, in order to get income from a 401k, because 401ks and retirement programs in general, a vast majority of them, because they're invested in mutual funds or index funds, you have to sell shares to get the RMD. You have to sell shares to get income. And why is that so important? It's important because if you end up seeing volatility within the stock market, let's just think about from October to December of 2018, we saw the Dow Jones lose 20%. We saw the S&P 500 lose 20%. We saw the NASDAQ down 29%. Well, if you had waited until the end of the year, to take your required minimum distribution, what were you having to do? You were having to sell more and more and more shares 
because the share price was lower. And so therefore, you're cannibalizing your own principal. Now, let me ask you, can you ever get a share back once you've sold it? And the answer is no. Let me put it to you in very simple terms. Let's just pretend for a moment that you owned 100 acres of farm ground and you had a bill to pay and you had no money in the bank and some person came up to you and said, tell you what, I got the best idea in the world. How about you go ahead and sell an acre of your farm ground every single month to pay your bills? Well, certainly that would pay the bill, right? That would certainly create income. You're selling an acre of farm ground every single month. But let me ask you, what's eventually going to happen if you end up living longer than 100 months? Well, it's pretty obvious you're going to run out of farm ground. That's the reason that we have to be so careful of the required minimum distribution and whether our asset allocation is really properly set for this stage of our retired life. In order to capitalize on the required minimum distribution, I'm a firm believer that you need to be focusing and understanding the two phases of your life. The first phase of your life is the accumulation phase. That's when you're working. And while you're working, you're saving, you're accumulating and trying to grow your assets for retired life. But then when you get to retirement and you pull the trigger and you've now retired, Now you're on the distribution phase of your life. In my 20 plus years of working with clients as a financial advisor, the reason I've seen countless individuals either run out of money or I've watched them as they've had to take a significant cut in income in their retired life was because they entered into the distribution phase of their life, but they never made the strategic investment change the strategic change of their money from growth and accumulation type investments to income producing investments. I'd like you to reach out to me at 866-290-3837. My team will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value and we'll email them to you or we'll throw them in the mail to you if you prefer. If you have questions, we will answer them. So take the first step, reach out at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. So let's think about it. The RMD, we've already covered the fact that in the very beginning stages at the age of 70 and a half, you're going to have to take 3.6%. So let's just pretend that for a moment you had made this important, all important change with your investment strategies. And instead of focusing your money for growth, where you had to cross your fingers and toes, hoping that the stock market continued to go up, let's just pretend that you had decided you were going to focus your money towards income. And so now your principal was intact and you were investing for income and you were making four, five, maybe 6% interest in dividends. Well, think about what happens now. Now, instead of having to sell shares, If you were invested for income, if your money, your principal was making, say, that 5 or 6% in interest in dividends every year, now you could use the interest in the dividends to satisfy the RMD. My really corny analogy, pardon the pun, of selling an acre of farm ground every single month to pay your bills, let's just change that a little bit. Let's just pretend 
that instead of selling an acre of farm ground every single month to pay your bills, you decided to go to the grain bin and sell the grain instead. Now what happens to your farm ground? Well, now your farm ground gets to remain intact. And you see, this is the reason that is so important to understand how you invest your money in retirement. When you're getting close to retirement, you even want to start thinking about making these strategic changes to your investment approach. Because how awful would it feel if you were getting ready for retirement and all of a sudden there's a huge correction within the stock market and all of a sudden your retirement savings is now being wiped out or at least significantly reduced. That feeling in that pit of your stomach is going to be kind of a an awful one. And so you see, we want to remember what our parents and grandparents taught us. They taught us to buy low and sell high. And they also tried to teach us to live off from our principal, not on our principal. So when it comes to required minimum distributions, we really need to be careful to not only examine how much we're going to have to take, but we're also wanting to pay attention to whether or not our asset allocation is correct and proper. Because you see, the number one fear, as I said before, is no longer that of dying. It's running out of money before we run out of life. And there's too many financial skeletons in the closet. There's too many things that can go wrong, whether it's trade tariffs, trade talks going awry, whether it's Brexit, whether it's currency and wars and rumors of wars. There's any number of different things that can affect the market. But unfortunately, you and I are the ones that have to pay the price if our asset allocation is not proper. And remember, if you don't take the RMD in the right way, it's a 50% penalty. So if your money is allocated properly, if your money is functioning in such a way that it is focused on purpose with the purpose of income, and it's not focused on performance, meaning trying to grow with risk, now you've got a much, much better chance of having your principal remain intact and you're going to be able to see that your principal remains intact a lot longer because you're not having to liquidate and sell the principal. The principal is there for years to come, allowing you to be able to take income. So in closing, let's talk about one last component to the RMD, and that is what you can do when you take the RMD. So there's many individuals that have retirement. They've save for retirement and they've got this money, but maybe they've been lucky enough that they've got a pension and they've got social security and maybe they've even continued to work a little bit after they've officially retired and they're just basically living on part-time income. But now this RMD comes into their life and they really don't need the money. Well, first and foremost, remember that you're going to have to take it, but whether you take it or you give it away is completely up to you. So here's a little tip. Most of the time, individuals will take their RMD and they will deposit that RMD into their bank. And then they'll go ahead and they'll write a check to their church or to some organization, St. Jude's Hospital or something of that nature, some cause that they want to support. And though that was the old-fashioned way of doing it, may I invite you to consider the new way of doing it, which is allowing your custodian, whoever your money is with, maybe it's with Vanguard, maybe it's with Fidelity, Maybe it's with a personal broker of some sort. 
asking the custodian to send the RMD directly to the charity of choice. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to satisfy your RMD. You've satisfied the government, the IRS, but because the custodian sent the RMD directly to the charity of your choice, now you're in a position where it does not affect your adjusted gross income. And it helps to keep a handle on your taxes because remember, you don't want to have to pay any more in tax than absolutely necessary. So we've covered a lot of ground today and I hope you've gotten some value You've learned a few things. Maybe I've created a little bit of thoughtfulness when it comes to how you're allocated for RMDs and in retirement. But remember, the key to a successful retirement is never running out of money and always having more income than you'll ever need. So if some part of today's discussion really resonated with you and you have questions about today's discussion, you have questions that you want to have answered with regards to something that we discussed, I'm going to encourage you, do the right thing and reach out to me at 866-290-3837. My team will put together some materials for you that I know will be of value and we'll email them to you or we'll toss them in the mail if you prefer. If you have questions, I will do my very best to spend a few moments to answer those questions for you. So take the first step, reach out to us at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Well, that's the close of today's show. I hope you have gotten some good, valuable information out of it, and I look forward to speaking with you again. Until then, have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon. I'm Matthew Johnson, President and Owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Or visit johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. 